We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me. I am verified, at least until Elon Musk takes it away. Also, shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers as well. Seahawks Man-to-Man on YouTube. That is the number two uh, man. Chris, talk to him. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. Uh, our YouTube uh, watchers can see that I am wearing glasses uh, for the uh, show this week. Uh, no, I do not need glasses. Uh, yes, I am only wearing them because longtime listeners of the show know that Chris is not a fan of people who have vision privilege, uh, who can see and wear glasses anyway. So I bought these very, very cheap ass glasses. And boy, I can't see a damn thing in these. So. I would take these off. That's so much better. <laughs> take these off before we introduce our guests. Uh, week 12 uh, preview. We are going to talk to uh, one of the homies who covers Seattle's next opponent. Uh, Seahawks hosting the Raiders in week 12. The Raiders stink. Um, but to talk about them, we got the homie man, uh, Tashawn Reed, making his debut to the Seahawks Man the Man Sean. podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, long, My long guy, what's going there, on, man? How I mean, are you, you know, over there in Vegas? I'm good, bro. I'm making my Thanksgiving dinner early since I am I am traveling to Seattle this week. You know what I'm saying? So I, I cannot, you know, put those leftovers to waste. You know, who am I to cook on Sat- on Thursday and then be gone on Saturday and only two days? Like, what, what kind of sense does that make? So I'm cooking on Tuesday. You know, I'm, I'm going to be sipping a little something tonight, a little, little cognac, you know. My, my, my dark liquor brother over here, you understand what that is. My man. My Shout out to Chris for his... You know, sober lifestyle, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's going well over here, man. You know, it's three and seven lifestyle, but we all right. You know, it's cool. Like at least it's just football this year. You know, compared to last year, like, this is this is fine. This is it's perfect. Whatever the team sucks, all right. That's that's light. You know, this is very normal. Yeah, your last year, man. We were talking about it as in real time, man. Between John Gruden and the and, and his emails and Henry killing somebody. And Damon Arnett threatening to kill somebody like that was. Don't forget, Carl Carl Nassib came out. People that's right about that. People nobody cared anymore. <laughs> team team president resigned before the season for like a financial scandal. Uh, 
they somehow made the fucking playoffs. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, that, that was, you know, so this year. Cool. I really yeah. wish you would have been there when AB was going crazy. That would have been great for you as well, man. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm, I'm glad that I missed that. Like, that's fine with me. Like, I was covering Florida State, Willie Taggart, so it wasn't much better. Like, it was, it was, it was hell down there. I had to cover a midseason coaching change, but like, you know, AB seemed to be much, much worse. <laughs> AB showed up in the hot air balloon with frozen feet. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being like having to ask him serious questions and deal with AB being AB. Like, I don't know how any journalist ever did that. Like, I, I would not be able to keep my composure, dog. I would either start laughing or I'd be very angry during the press conference. One of the two. <laughs> like, dog is anyway. Anyway, getting off topic. Yeah, that's, we got off topic fast this week. Um, so the Seahawks, uh, is the Seahawks are good. The Raiders are not, which is a very surprising development. I think for the, the whole league in general, everyone thought the Raiders would be good. They hire these guys from the Patriots. They go trade for Devontae. They pay all their good players that they already got. They just made the playoffs last year. The Seahawks, we know their story. Uh, we know why the Seahawks are good. We've discussed that on this show ad nauseum. So for you, though, how the hell the Raiders get so bad? <laughs> well, you know, I think there's some context looking back at last season. While they made the playoffs, it, it wasn't like they were like some dominant team, right? I mean, they had seven one-score wins. Several of those were walk-off wins, overtime wins by the skin of their teeth. And so, they, and, I mean, they, they made the playoffs on the last game, literally the last game of, of the regular season with Justin Herbert playing like a god and, you know, they, they barely won, barely won. And so, like, they weren't like a, a shoe-in in the playoffs and locked it up early or – Something like that. You know, you still give them credit, especially with all the things that they went through last season. I mean, you know, John Gruden losing his job, Henry Ruggs, um, you know, that that tragedy, Damon Arnett, um, you know, having an interim coach taking over in the middle of the season and, and somehow finding a way um, to make the playoffs. So you give them credit for that. But this roster was always one where it's like you had questions about it. Right. I mean, the defense sucked. Um, the offensive line sucked. And so it was like, all right, we need to address both of those things. It's pretty important things this offseason. And, like, you know, I mean, they just basically didn't touch the offensive line. They drafted a couple rookies, given, you know, both of those rookies have started games, Dylan Parham and, and Thayer Mumford. But, like, the offensive line still isn't great in pass protection. Defense may be the worst in the league. Like, they just came off a good, good opponent, uh, performance against the Broncos, which is the worst offense in the league. So, I don't know how far that goes. But, I mean, uh, the defense still sucks. Um, and so, it's like, you know, this was always a team that was, like, they went 10-7 and seven last year, but they weren't really, like, yeah, for sure. They're going to be in the playoffs next year, especially with the AFC West getting better. I know that it hasn't been what we all expected, but it's still a, a pretty solid division. The AFC is by far the tougher conference in the league. And, and so it was never a shoo that they made the playoffs again this year. But um, you certainly expect them not to currently hold the fourth overall pick in the draft, which is where they're at. Um, and, and, and so I, I think they, they're about an average team when you look at the talent. Um, but an average team shouldn't be three and seven. And, and that's where you have to look at coaching. And so... That's just led to some of the questions around the team right now. Before we get to the coaching, I, I, I can't believe I didn't start the show with this. You said you were cooking. What's on the menu? What you got? Oh, oh, brother. I can smell it right now. This is crazy. <laughs> the crock pot, the pot is, is cooking right now. I got pot roast, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mac and cheese, baked mac and cheese is done. Southern cabbage, fried cabbage, that's already done. Honey cornbread, you know what I'm saying? Candy yams. I haven't started making the, the sweet potato pies yet. You know, I, I got to wait till we're done here, but. Tonight I'll be baking those, so those will be ready. See, I got to travel. I travel on, on Saturday to come up to Seattle, so I won't be able to be here. And like, who am I as a black man to like not eat Thanksgiving food for at least four days after 
after cooking it. You know what I mean? So like I, I couldn't possibly cook on Thursday and then leave Saturday without fully indulging. So I'm cooking early. I'm enjoying early. I'll, I'll be sipping a little something tonight. And, and you know, that's, that's how we getting down. Well, if you if you are, you know, not full from all that Thanksgiving food on Saturday, I will gladly still take you to where you can get a Seattle dog. Uh, you're crazy as hell. See, like, <laughs> so like Allegiant Stadium, like they 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 try to cater the menu to like whatever the visiting team is, right? And like, I see some shit called the Seattle Dog. I'm like, all right, you know, like, I mean, how how fancy can a hot dog be? Shit got cream cheese and <laughs> onions and like all kinds of other nasty shit that don't go together. I'm like, hey yo, <laughs> like, like, like uh, hey man. Like what? What is? What are we doing here? Like, why is this a thing? It's bad enough we got glizzies every game. Like, I, you know, I, like I, I need something a little bit more higher quality than some glizzies. But you throw some cream cheese on that bitch or some onions. Like, I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. Are you crazy? I'm like, like, are you trying to get me to destroy your bathroom? That's that's insane. I can't believe y'all eat that. And MSD over here defending it, Chris. I don't know if you eat such things, but I do. But bro, like, I do. Y'all are insane. Like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with y'all? Let's be honest. First of all, like, like, we... what is no, no, no? I'm Cream trying to explain, cheese, bro. Alcohol? I'm trying to explain. It's not as crazy. Have you tried it? No. Are you what? Why okay. would I eat that? Because you have to try it. Once you try it, no, you're like, it's trap. I actually don't. Like, I really do not have to try. You it have a fair point. You really don't have to try it, but you're <laughs> missing out. Because when you do try, you're gonna be like, damn. I feel. You know what? I was wrong. It was fire. I enjoyed it. And you know what? The thing is, Tashawn, you might take a bite, but this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm never listening to you guys ever again. And that's fine, too. But I think you got to at least take, take a bite. Because once you no. try it, because I was on the same way. I was like, bro, I'm not eating all this crap on my hot dog. I'm not with it. And then I took a bite, and I said, yo, this is actually not bad. Like, I get it. I, I 100% get it. And that's where you might be, have to be with it. And that's okay. I, I also could just not do it, which is never gonna happen. Like I, I promise you, like I'm, I'm coming to Seattle, I'll be there for two nights, not touching those fucking Seattle. Like that, that's that's some of the nastiest shit I've ever heard of in my life. All like, right, honestly, well, honestly, I don't. That's really bad. That's worse than the Raiders. It's not that, that bad. It is not that bad. It's just if you the the offer is there, the offer is there. It's good. The crime veto. It's it's it it really shows how. Like uh, I don't, I don't want to say isolated or insulated. That's what it's one of those words, Chris. I just never thought that the idea of a Seattle dog was nasty. It was just I grew up here. That's what it is. Oh yeah, Deshaun is not from the Pacific Northwest, so that makes sense. He's it's not even just him. When we had Deontay, I remember I mentioned that I got barbecue. Where's Deontay with... from? Where's he uh, from? Deontay. He's from Midwest. Oh, okay, L.A. I don't, I don't know if he's from L.A. My bad. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think he's from Cali. Uh, I think, but either well, way, even in know. Cali, they don't do that. They don't have Seattle dogs. Yeah. They be looking at you like, "What are you talking about, bro?" I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, dog. We we ain't putting cream cheese on much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like like cream cheese is not really in the rotation for really anything. Yeah, for like black folks, it's not. You're right. Yeah, a bagel at most. Like and bagel, I don't eat bagels it. like that, so I feel you. Yeah, right, right. So a hot dog? Are you crazy? Like but. put some put some sweet baby rays on that joint. You know what I'm saying? Like. Folded in the in the in the in the Wonder Bread, and we good. Like that's that's all I need. I don't I don't need, I don't need no Seattle dog. Like that's anyway. We're we're, we're off off topic again. Like it's okay. Dog. Our listeners know how we get down. That's so bubble, this that's is bubble guts. That's bubble guts. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, a, that's the one way track to bubble guts. And that's why they give you wet wipes in a bathroom. When did they give you wet wipes at the stadium? I don't believe no, so. No, no, no. I don't believe so. Now we got like hot dog stands that have them. Every- I, I got you, man. I got you. If you 
No. The offer is open. We have no. good food here. That's no. just one of our, like, del- not del- like you more, you, and you know, I hate beer. You're more likely to get me to drink like a 20 ounce beer than ever look at a Seattle dog. It's just not happening. I'll drink, beer, about, the whole, about I'll drink your, beer the whole night before I eat a Seattle dog. Man. What about your steak, medium well? Or just medium, actually. Not even medium well. Medium well is my, is my bag. That's my bag. Okay. Okay. Medium is fine. I'm just not eating no shit that's as rare. Like, what am I, <laughs> like, why am I eating a red steak? Hey, like for that's what? Not wh- for who? For why? Like, uh, like it, it, if you cook it right, it's still going to be, you know, moist. It's still going to be flavored. I don't, it doesn't have to be like still mooing for me to enjoy this steak. <laughs> And that's a two Americas thing, to be honest. Because like my man said, still moving. I, I wish I would bring a steak to my family that's not well done. I eat medium well. That's that's a stretch. You see any bit of pink, they not eating that shit. I'll at least <laughs> eat that. But uh, you know, eating rare, crazy. Not happening. Anyway. The two the two Americas thing is definitely on display uh, around the holiday season. Um, oh, absolutely. For certain. All y'all, all y'all nasty motherfuckers out here eating stuffing and. Stuffing uh, fire, bro. Come on, man. Dressing is superior. Stuffing is do we don't, we don't okay. need to do that. Okay. Dry ass turkeys with salt and pepper. That's the only seasoning they got. Um, <laughs> macaroni and cheese with raisins in it and shit oh, like that. Whoa, whoa, hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Who that's, you that's hanging out with, be, man? I don't, I don't do that. I'm saying that's that's two Americas. That's the other side of America. Yeah, man, right. Is You're right. Such, dressing is such... dressing is the way to go. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like people that. Yeah. The, the, the Seahawks put out a video of their players saying what their favorite Thanksgiving food was. It was very too American. All the black players mm-hmm. picked like mac and cheese, or turkey, and then the two the two white guys they had in the video picked casserole, yeah, <laughs> green be- green bean casserole and sh- nasty shit like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's dark for some of like half of more than ha- uh, I guess it's like half now. Like half of America is pretty dark on Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know how y'all living. Like, like oh, I, good. I know. I hope y'all ain't living that way. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't even know if green bean casserole is on my menu. I don't eat no uh, casserole. Nah, 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 nah. I'm, I'm, I'm not with that. Wow, we did get sidetracked here. I forgot what I was going to ask. Okay, coaching. That's what I uh, – oh, you want to do predictions or you want to do coaching? Which well, we were supposed to do predictions. predictions. You know, we forgot about that one. We we jumped right into why this team sucks. So, you know what, Jason? <laughs> Let's figure out who you think is going to win this game. Mike, he went 14 – was it 14-0 last week, Mike, in picks? I did. That's right. I went 14 and 0 on my expert picks uh, at the Athletic last week. Uh, according to our guy who runs uh, our picks, his name is Andrew, uh, when he was telling me that I got all my picks right last week, he was like, "That's the b-. he's never seen anyone get it all right." And, he, and this time he's been tracking it. He also says the best until that point was a 14 and one week from Tashawn. Actually, uh, I don't <laughs> know when that was. Do you it know when that last- was? It must have been last year because I was a champion last year. Yeah, I, I, I won. I won this. I was. I was the victor. You know what I'm saying? I, I beat everybody. This year it's not going so well. Like I, I don't know what's. I don't know what's changed. But like I'm. I'm missing like a motherfucker this year. So, but last year that's probably when I had the 14 and one. So, damn sure it wasn't this year because goddamn my record is awful. So now I'm. I'm. I'm on track to be the new king of the picks. Yeah. There you go. 14, 14 and 0. You know, to answer the question, I have the Raiders losing. Um, I don't think it'll be embarrassing by any means. I mean, a few of their games have been. I mean, seven out of ten games have been one-score games. Like, pretty much every game. I know, I know it's a league-wide thing this year where, like, every game is close. But the Raiders in particular like, has gone down to the very last possession every time. And I think it's going to be a pretty similar game. Uh, I, I would say if I had to pick a score, you know, Seahawks 28, Raiders 24. Um, you know, I, I, I just think the Raiders – 
their offense. Like it's, it's still competent because of how well Josh Jacobs is playing, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, but without Darren Waller and, and Hunter Renfro and their offensive line still being questionable in pass protection. I know, I know the Seahawks defense has kind of been, you know, a Jekyll and Hyde act a little bit this season, but I still think they're good enough to, to get them off the field in certain spots in the Raiders defense. Like while, while they did have a good game against the Broncos, I'm not convinced yet that that's going to be the norm. And so King Gene and, you know, DK and Tyler Lockett and, uh, can't remember the Ricky running back's name, but he he's balling out. Gabe Jackson, old Raiders revenge game, the offensive guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I, I think the the Seahawks offense is going to have no no issue moving the ball and putting up points. And so I have them losing this one. I mean, the season is pretty much lost already, but um, you know they're they're still going to be competitive. I would say like football isn't really a sport where like even if the season is going down the drain, like you can't not try in football without risking getting hurt. Or risking your future money, you know, from the tape that you put on display, and so they're, they're still fighting in week in and week out. But I think this is going to be another close loss for them um, on the road against the Seahawks. Yeah, okay. right now you, you didn't have them covering because the line is Seahawks minus three and a half. So that's that's a bummer. They don't cover, but Deshaun picks them to take the L. I too will pick the Seahawks to win the game and the the Raiders to take yet another loss. Damn, I put you guys at three and eight. Three and eight loss. Damn. So, you know, hey, 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 ain't no you guys. <laughs> I am not. I, I am not. They are. <laughs> the team Deshaun is covering is bad. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, I, I think the score will be somewhere around 31 to 20, 25. 31 25, I think, will be the final score. I, uh, before I make a pick, I did that uh, to Sean bringing up Gabe, uh, a little nugget in the locker room after the Bucks game. I was talking to Gabe. And these guys are a little insight into players. A lot of them are so locked in, they legitimately don't know sometimes who the next opponent is. Um, you know, like, that's actually very common. Uh, I've learned over the years, guys will be like, dang, who do we got next? All right, yeah, we got to lock in for them. Like, that's the, the mindset. I was talking to Gabe. He was like, yeah, we just come back from the bye. We got to lock in, whoever we got next. He's like, who do we got next? I was like, play the Raiders. And Gabe just grinned like that cat from Alice in Wonderland. I uh, can't remember the cat name, but yeah, his huge grin. I'm like, oh yeah, he was like, oh the Raiders. Should have just said the Grinch, man. Is it no? It's uh, the cat. The cat is from the Alice has the. Big... I know, but everybody knows the Grinch, and if you'd have said that, you would have hit right on the money. I think the cat example is still fire too, but I'm with you. But anyway, Gabe was like, he was very excited to. I, I just felt really honored to let him know that the next opponent was. Um, the Raiders, uh, so that that was fun. Anyway, yeah, I actually, don't even think it'll be that close uh, on on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah, I really watch the Raiders a lot. You know, uh, like everyone sees me wear this uh, this uh, this heart necklace. Uh, it's got my uncle's ashes in it. He was a huge Raider fan, right? He left me his card too, so I like pay attention to the Raiders now since he died a few years ago. So I'm really locked in, and then Tashawn covers them, so I read all his stuff and watch. And boy, these guys are bad. <laughs> We're gonna get into why. Uh, it's top down, so yeah, I think it'd be like probably like thirty to like sixteen. Oh <laughs> God, yeah, damn! Yeah, I just uh, I just don't really have a lot of faith uh, in, in the Raiders. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah. I, I, we'll get into the details. I just think that the, a team like the Raiders that gets in its own way a lot is just hard to rely on. Just to, you know, they get a lot of penalties, shoot themselves in the foot. When you're playing against a good team and you're playing against yourself, that's how you end up three and seven through 10 games. Uh, but the specific person I want to ask about as we get into uh, the details of it is the head coach, Josh McDaniels, uh, coming, you know, getting his kind of next shot at it after stinking as previous run of the head coach, uh, being a head coach. And three and seven, Jesus Christ, that's bad. Is Josh 
McDaniels to shine in your eyes? Is he just bad at this head coaching thing? See, I it's 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 tricky because like you know I, I have that context I gave about the team like not really being that great anyway. So you know he took over a playoff team, but it wasn't like he took over like a shoe and play a playoff team. You know what I mean? But for them to be this bad, like it, it has to be coaching because they have talented players: Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Um, you know they had injuries, but you know Darren Waller's been out there at times. Hunter Renfro. Nate Hobbs, even, you know, in the cornerback. And so like, the team is good enough to where they shouldn't be this bad. And, and they're more so than the record. It's how bad they are in, in situational, at, at situational football. Like I wrote last week, the numbers have changed a little bit, but like they're one of the worst teams at red zone offense and red zone defense. They're bad at that third down offense and third down defense. Like, they, just, they just find a, a penalty is like, and the penalties come at crucial situations. Like and some of the play calls that they run are just weird. Like they've run a lot of trick plays and like the offense and most like I said, they've they've had seven one score games this season, only won one of them. But the offense had the ball in all those games with a chance to either tie or win the game. And and they just saw it out, you know, in a lot of those situations. And he's supposed to be the offensive mastermind. I mean, that's what he was known for coming from the Patriots. And so um you, you have to look at him for that. Um in, in terms of whether they can turn it around, I think it's still possible, like even though he hasn't got off to the most encouraging start of his head coaching tenure between the Broncos and the Raiders. I mean, that they have a good amount of cap space this offseason. They have all their picks. And, and so they can improve the roster in the areas where they're deficient and potentially improving them moving forward. And so I don't think he's completely cooked in the side of the picture, but I certainly understand fans are like, you know, did we make the wrong move? And even the players that may be questioning that because, um, you know, I mean, they, they pretty openly advocated for Rich Bisaccia, the interim coach from last year, to help got into the playoffs to be brought back. A lot of the players, the key players, you know, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, et cetera, you know, the list goes on. Like, they wanted him to come back. And instead, they not only didn't bring him back, but they went and got a guy who wasn't good in his previous head coaching tenure. And so for them, when you start 0-3 and then you start 3-7, and it's like, yo, like, what what the fuck? Like, 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 we could have just – we made the playoffs last year. We could have just ran it back. And, you know, and I don't don't think Rich Musashi is a head coach. Like, I don't think he would have done that well. But, you know, from an organizational standpoint, if you bring him back, because he would have been signed on a short-term deal. I mean, he wasn't going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. So, I mean, they wouldn't have to pay him a lot of money or give him a lot of term. Then you can move on. And, you know, I mean, next offseason, Josh McDaniels is still going to be in New England. He wasn't going anywhere. Um, And and so they've kind of locked themselves into this current iteration of the team when you look at the regime and some of the major players that they brought back. And so they they don't have really any other option but to give him a chance to try to turn it around. And, and for the players on the team, I mean, that's that's tough for them because it's like they didn't want to be here in the first place. They didn't feel like they needed to be here in the first place and it's not going well. And chances are, you know, I mean, if this season continues how it's gone for the Raiders and they miss the playoffs and not only miss the playoffs, but end up with like a top 10 pick, like the roster is going to be what's gutted for this. You know, you look at quarterback, look at some of the, the moves made by the previous regime, like like those are going to be the guys that go. Like Josh Daniels isn't going anywhere in terms of him being fired after the season. That's just not happening. Um, for a multiple two reasons, um, both because of, um, you know, the owner liking him, but also not having the cash flow necessarily to pay out that sort of salary and, and move on to somebody else. But, um, you know, the changes, there's going to be changes offseason, but it's going to come to the roster. And when you have that kind of situation, I mean, 
you know, if you're a guy who's on an expiring deal or you can be cut after the season, it's kind of like for who, for what? You know what I mean? Like, like, like this guy's going to get rid of me anyway. Like, why am I going all out? And we're going to miss the playoffs too? Like, like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? So it's very easy to lose the locker room in that situation. And, I mean, the, the win against the Broncos last week was, was big for them. Kind of, you know, a big morale boost kind of gave them some energy going into this week. But, you know, I mean, it, it still doesn't mean all that much. They're still three and seven. They could still – go down to twos the rest of the way here. So, you know, it's they're in a precarious situation and Josh Manales has, has not got off to a good start, but he's not going anywhere. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's on, on the next year for him if this year doesn't go well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why didn't the Raiders stick with Rich? You would think, as you mentioned, oh, you know, they got him this. He's playing, he's doing okay. You mentioned he probably wouldn't be doing all that well this season. But why not just stick with a guy that players might be comfortable with, especially with how the season went last year with all the drama. You have someone interim come in, does okay at the end of the year. They get to the playoffs. They get beat by the AFC team that represented the team that represented the AFC 
in the championship, and that's Bengals. So from that standpoint, why not just stick with the guy? Yeah, I think for them it was, you know, Rich, he, while he clearly was a leader of men, um, he, I mean, he wasn't an offensive coordinator. He wasn't defensive coordinator. He didn't call plays when he was out of the ball. He was a special teams guy, which, you know, special teams matter, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, you typically want your, your head coach to be in charge of one of those things. There's not too many, you know, sort of, like, Mike Tomlin type head coaches where, and even Mike Tomlin is like very influenced on defense, but like there's not too many, head, like, like Jeff Saturday head coaches where these just aren't basically doing anything in the game plan besides like giving some overarching influence. And, and so it was like from a long term standpoint, it was like, can this guy who's really been an assistant for like 30 years suddenly become a good head coach? Like, yeah. So I, I didn't really blame Mark Davis for moving on from him. Um, but, you know, to move on from him to go to a guy that, it wasn't just that the Broncos didn't win under Josh McDaniels. It's that it was so, like, hilariously awful. Like, you, you, we saw that. I forget which offensive lineman it was from the Broncos. He had that thread a couple months ago where, like, he had all these stories of, like, Josh McDaniels just wowing the fuck out, like, from his, his first tenure, just doing all kinds of weird shit and, like, trying to be Belichick and, like, trading away their best players. And it's just like, yo, like, this is the guy? Like, not only are you not bringing Rich back, but, like, him? Like, word? And so I think that kind of went through their head, initially, at least initially. You know what I mean? Like, after they went through OTAs and training camp, like, at a certain point, you have to buy in and, and get ready to roll. But there, there was always going to be some kind of type of hesitancy from the players to buy in. And when you start off 0-3, that's just, you know, it's tough. And so, retro, you know, retrospect hindsight is, is 2020. Um, as I said, like, I think even if they did bring back Richard Passaccia, they'd probably be looking for another head coach this offseason because I think the season would be – you know, I don't. Maybe they, maybe they aren't three and seven. Maybe they're you know four and six or five and five. But I don't think they were going to be a playoff team this season based off of their roster and the injuries that they had. Um, and you know, if they didn't move on from Rich, they probably would have kept Mike Mayock as GM. And we saw his how his tenure went when in terms of drafting and free agency. So I don't think the roster would have been a better place right now. Um, and so you know, they probably would have had to move on at some point. And, and you know, as I said earlier, like I don't. It's not impossible for Josh McDaniels to improve. I mean. They have a ton of resources this offseason to, to fill, you know, some of the kind of the, the blank spots they have on their roster. So, you know, we'll, we'll see going from here. I mean, this year, I think they're cooked. Like, this year is this pretty much – this year is a wrap, you know what I mean? But, like, moving forward, they have a good em- enough amount of, like, returning players and, and resources to where, theoretically, they could be a, a playoff team next year if they deal the cards right. I am so happy that I listened to you and didn't put like two grand on them winning the Super Bowl. He was like, "Don't do it, bro. This team's yeah, was, yeah." I mean, you know, they could have made the playoffs as like a wild card, but like the whole Super Bowl shit was like, no. It's no, you like, looked at me and laughed. He was like, "What? What's wrong with you? This O line is terrible." Yeah, I mean, it, it was certain things about the roster which, like just on full display jumbotron. It's like, oh, this is yeah, this is you know they might be able to squeak by, but you know they just had some fatal flaws, obvious fatal flaws coming into the season that have proved to be fatal flaws and, you know, they just aren't going where they want to go. This is uh, the first time we're getting this version of the question on the podcast. I'm very curious on the response we are going to get. Is Derek Carr good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I I think I understand why Raiders fans are so hit or miss on Derek Carr because, I mean, he's been their quarterback for nine years and they've never won a playoff game. And it's hard to feel good about a quarterback when you've had zero playoff wins for damn near a decade, right? But but you look at the context, like Derek Carr has never had a defense that's in the top 20. Not top 10, not top 15, top 20. 
Okay. Like the special teams have also sucked. They've had like so much head coaching turnover. I believe he's on his fourth head coach. Damn. If I'm not mistaken. He's on like he's had like at least seven or eight play callers. But and, and like he's and for him to still be a guy that we consider, I would say most people consider him to be like a top twelve to fifteen quarterback. That's pretty remarkable considering the situations that he's been in throughout his career. And he's a guy that I think if he's in a better situation, he's almost like a Matt Stafford type. Where like if you, if you drop him into a ready-made situation, you could win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. And, and so like while he hasn't had that success with the Raiders and is probably not going to have that success, obviously this year and, and maybe not moving forward, like I think he's for sure a good quarterback. I'd probably have him somewhere around 12th overall if you had me rank all the quarterbacks out. But there is issues, you know. Of course, of course. I mean, like Genius had a great year. Genius <laughs> had a great year, but we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't need to do that. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Derek. If, I'll just put it this way, and chances are, if the Raiders end up with like a top five, they're on course right now for a top five pick. If they end that way, and they're in position to draft another quarterback, move on from Derek Carr, and they put him on a trading block, he has a no trade clause, but like that's usually used to like dictate where I go, not that I'm going. Like you're still probably going. You just pick where you go. Right. Like there's going to be no shortage of teams that line up to try to trade for Derek Carr. Like he's better than most quarterbacks in the league, and and that will be reflected if he ever hits the open market. And so um, he's not the issue here. What were your emotions or not emotions? I'm not wrong. <laughs> Tashawn wasn't crying. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not the <laughs> just how, how did you feel watching Derek Carr cry in front of you guys like that a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so I it's interesting because like Derek Carr had that uh was it in London, I think, when he like got hit and people thought he was crying on the field. Oh, that's he right, got, yeah, yeah. He yeah. got like a fit. So that he was already Seahawks, I think. Yeah, he, he always had that kind of kind of reputation for being a crier, but like um I actually asked the first press the first question in that press conference, and I could tell as soon as he started answering, I'm like, oh shit, like this I've never seen him like this. Like he like his eye he snowed with stuff, his eyes were kind of red already. And like just the, the cadence and like the type of voice, like it was all genuine. I know some people have questioned, like, is that really, like, you know, was he, was he crying for like show or whatever? Like that was real. Like, I, cause I've never seen him emotional in that kind of way. But I, I think it's genuine because, like, I mean, this is a guy, he grew up, grew up a Raiders fan. He's been with them for damn near 10 years, like I said. And he's a guy, I mean, he's, I know he, like some people, you know, he's like my, one of those like by the book Christian types. Um, but like you, you even look back to last season and how, how he spoke after Henry, like he spoke the day after Henry Ruggs happened, or the way he spoke after John Gruden happened. These people that he cared about. I mean, like he, John Gruden was his guy. They lived next door. Henry Ruggs, he was wearing his kicks to like press conference. Like that was his boy. You know what I'm saying? It's so, like the, the way that he, the demeanor. What do you mean by that? I mean, <laughs> listen, listen. Derek, Derek, Derek Carr is a good guy, man. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 like however people gonna cut it, he's a, he's a good ass dude. And so, like he he dead ass cares about the Raiders. Like he he wants them. To, he wants this so bad for them to be successful, and for them to lose to the fucking Colts <laughs> in week one of Jeff's Saturday. Oh my god! Like that was that was such a bad loss that he, he was he was hurt, dog. especially for like the last play to be like his pass going to the end zone and gets batted down. Like that's, that that was that was tough for man. So like. I, I felt them like I, I couldn't even be mad like I you know I know football is a tough guy sport and it's like ah, I don't cry like you don't know all that you know soft whatever but like I was like hey man because the other thing is as I said earlier 
like already because later on after that game, that's when Mark Davis came out and said, "Yeah, we're bringing Mark Davis or uh, Josh McDaniels back in 2023." Like you know, trust the process, yada yada yada. But it was always in my mind like they're not firing the coach in year one. Like it's going to be the players, and namely, it's going to be the guy who, you know, conveniently his contract after the season is basically not guaranteed. Like he has like five million dollars in dead money if they trade him or cut him after the season. And, and, you know, if they end up with a top five pick and, and typically a head coach, a new GM come in, they want their own quarterback. You know, he he he's not stupid. He can see the cars there. It's like, oh, if this shit goes the way it's going, they're probably going to move on from me. I, I want nothing. Like, that. that's my nightmare for him because he's like, he, lo- he like loves the Raiders. Like, dead ass, he loves the Raiders. And so that's like his worst nightmare for him to move on from him in some, some form of fashion. Which could still happen, like you know, regardless of their winning against the Broncos last year. But after that coast loss, it was like, oh my god, like this is this is this is happening. Like this is going to happen. Like like I'm done here, you know. And so I think it was a mix of like the team being bad, but also his future in that moment, and it all kind of just bubbled over and came out for him. So you know, hey man, that's I can't I can't judge a man on that. You know, it was genuine, and I can't really blame him for feeling how he felt about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with that. I like that. I, I'm, I'm I'm with you, too. From afar, I would like to have a friend like Derek Carr. He just seems like he's going to have your back, you know? Even if you trip in in public, he's going to have your back, and then maybe he'll cuss you out in the car. But in public, he will, you know, he, he will ride for you. I, I can I can appreciate that, even though him crying on TV might have been one of the funniest moments <laughs> of the of the season uh, for me because it was, it was so hurt. One last Derek Carr thing. Does he still have you blocked on Twitter? Yes. Yes. Um, he, uh, so after his uh, Wednesday presser last week, he came over and asked me, he's like asking me how to unblock people on Twitter. Um, Damn. Because it's like, he, I guess he just doesn't know how. He's like, I, I was going to, he was like, I was going to surprise you and then show you that I had you unblocked, but like, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I was like, well, <laughs> privacy settings. And he's, uh, he's like, all right. So I'm, I'm going to talk to him soon because I was like, hey, man, he said she's going to handle it. So I don't, <laughs> So like I, 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 you know, because I asked him on Zoom back when we had COVID access about it, but like when the locker rooms open, I actually had a conversation about it. And he's like, you know, I like your work. Like, you know, you seem like a good dude. So like, he, I don't think he actually has any sort of beef with me. I think he's just a guy that's like, you know, he's a quick blocker. Some some of us are like quick blockers. Some of us don't. I, I don't. Blo- I have nobody blocked, and I have a fair amount of trolls in my mentions every day of my life. I just <laughs> I just choose to ignore it. But like some people, it's like, all right, fuck it, I block it, whatever. And so like, you know, whatever. He probably saw. I don't even know what he saw because I've been pretty favorable of Derek Carr throughout my my tenure covering the Raiders. So I don't even know really know what it was, but I think we're good. And so like that means more to me. Whatever. Like, if we're cool, I don't really care if I can see your tweets about. What is Derek Carr tweeting really? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's tweeting like like his pictures after the game, just win baby. Like like, like, you know, like, like, like like he might send like some holiday family pictures. Like Derek Carr ain't tweeting shit for real. So like you know. <laughs> It'd be cool to like be unblocked, I guess, just for like funny purposes. But I don't, whatever, whatever, fuck it. You don't got me blocked on IG, so you know, I, I can still see you. I can still see you, like, you know, like you off the grid for me. <laughs> Chris, do you have anybody blocked on Twitter? No, uh, I only have one person blocked on Instagram. That's it, you know. Bay's, Bay, Bay was like, you got blockers. All right, say less. <laughs> yeah, no. once you said one person, I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't block people. Like, as Deshaun said, like I really don't care to block you. Like, if I don't rock with you, I don't need to follow you. It's really simple for me, and I'm not missing out on nothing. Like, 
I'm cool. I don't I don't block people. People get on me about stuff on social media. I'm not gonna block you. You know, it is what it is. I don't have the following like you guys do. You guys get it like a hundred times worse. But you know, you know, there might be one person that says something. Maybe I'm like, bro, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't have anything for you. Yeah, not, especially with all the filters, the verified filters, like this, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I got several people muted, but no one. No one blocked. So that's See, and that, that takes too much work to mute people, man. I got to figure out why I'm mute. Nah, man, it's all good. I, well, I, I get it, though. People know that they're muted. No, uh, they don't. But I still have to go and do that activity of going through, clicking their profile, <laughs> muting them. That's just a lot of thumb work I don't want to do. Yeah. No, I, I, the, the, the 2020 George Floyd protesty era of the world, I had to mute some people, as you guys can imagine why. It oh, was, God. It was yeah. some nasty, some nasty times out there. Uh, Real colors were shown. Yeah, no, it was it was some nasty yeah. stuff. I just unfollow yeah. motherfuckers. Like, like you know, if I, if, if I feel the need to meet you, I just would not follow you no more. Like, it's all right, whatever. If I fuck off my timeline, like I don't, I don't you know. Well, I the, mean, like, the mute button is something. It's not for people I follow. Uh, it's people that tweet me that, no, that's that fair. Way, that's fair. I don't see it anymore. No so mm, your filter back, okay? Right? Like, you know, if you put your verified filters on, to where, like you only see shit from people that you follow. Well, I, I like opinion. being a man of the people. I like interacting with the people's fuck the people. Like I don't, I don't, even, I don't need to see any shit. Like what do, I, what do I need to see that for? Like, like if I want to, I can go out of my way to click on a tweet and scroll down. I don't need no notifications. Like what? what? Well, why? No, no, like no. So, but I appreciate you doing that. So, so I said f the people. Yeah, no, that. Oh, oh boy. For our man-to-man yeah. listeners, we love you. Deshaun does not mean you guys, okay? Yeah, we know. We, we love our we love our listeners, man. We love our, we love our, our people. I don't got none of our listeners muted, I don't think. <laughs> if I if I do, let me know and I'll uh I'll, I'll unmute you if you listen to the show. Uh where was it? Oh, we was going we was going with the matchup of the week, actually. Yeah. Which it sucks the Raiders aren't better because if they were, this particular matchup between Devontae Adams and Tariq Woolen would just be like this would be like a uh, marquee, like shit. This is like really good. Cause I was looking at it this morning and it was going to have to Sean on. I was like, okay, why does Devontae's numbers look? Cause the Raiders stink. I was like, good God, this dude could be all pro. Like he is killing it uh, this year, man. Like he's scoring every week, clutch catches, big numbers. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so let's start, let's start there with that, man. In a, in a year where they just suck. How is Devonte? What have they done to still like get production out of number seventeen this year? First off, just like watching him, even in practice, like like when OTAs hit, I was like, "Yo, this is the best player I've ever seen." Mm. Like like just seeing somebody that good in person every day, it's like, "Yo," and he just makes it look so casual. Like it, like it don't even is he's not really. Like, I think he ran like a four 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 five. Like he's like six one, six two. Like he's not like he's not jacked. Like he's no kind of any sort of like physical freak. Like there's no like predis- predisposed like advantage that he has over everybody he lines up against. But he's just so skilled and so smart and so goddamn good that it's like no matter what else is going around, you know he's gonna get open. And if that bitch comes his way, he's gonna catch it for sure. Like he, because I mean Darren Waller, he's been hurt most of the season with the hamstring. Even Hunter Renfro, he missed a couple games early on with concussion. Now he's out with an oblique injury. Both of them are on IR. 
and you and, and teams are playing a bunch of soft zones or doubling him often, basically try to lock him up, and he still gets open. Like his first touchdown against the Broncos, he was double covered. Pat Sertain was on him, arguably the best corner in the league. Just ran by them both. <laughs> game game winner in overtime. Pat Sertain looked lost. lost. Ran by him, wide oh, open. He's open by like 15 yards. <laughs> touchdown, won the game. Like he he is so good. It don't even make sense. It's like the trade they made, like regardless of what this season did, that shit was worth it. Cause my God, like he is he is incredible. And the, but the, the 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 weird part is while he's up there, I'm I'm sure he's like top five in targets um in the league, but they have these stretches where like he'll go a quarter, two quarters without a target, or like mm. one or two targets. It's just like why? Like like <laughs> like like why would you not? force it to him and, and it's weird because it's not like they're like a run they should be more of a run heavy team because like josh Jacobs is balling out this year but they're like 31st in rushing attempts so they're throwing the ball a lot but he goes these lapses to where he just doesn't get the ball and so they it's been weird with them like they've with with, with the packers because the packers surrounding cast like even with waller and renfro out the, the packers surrounding cast with Devontae last year is pretty comparable to what the raiders have right now like it really wasn't a whole bunch of talent outside of Devontae. But they always found ways to get them open, and it was on a lot of those shorter to intermediate routes, whether it was bubble screens, slants, drags, hitches, digs. And the Raiders have been using him more so as like because they don't want, you know, with the loss of rugs, like they don't have that bur- that, that deep threat anymore. And so like they're using Devontae as a deep threat. He's running a ton of posts, a ton of go routes, a ton of corner routes, like these super deep intermediate routes, which he can do, like obviously, but. Like for him to get those frequent touches, like it has to go on that shorter intermediate stuff, especially if teams are just sitting in zones and they're sitting in cover two, they're sitting in cover three, cover four, all these zone coverages that limit those deep routes. And so, like, while Devontae might be able to stay able to beat those every now and then, like on a lot of plays, he's going to be covered because, you know, it's what they're designed for. And so, they've, they've had some weird moments this season where they go away from him and they don't implement him as much as I feel like they should, even though, again, like his overall like targets are up there. Like he just has these moments where he's like not involved in the game plan at all. And that shouldn't happen with a player that's as good as he is, as much as they pay for him, as much as they gave away from him, especially considering that Waller and, and Riffer are not out there. And so um these last three weeks, I believe he's gone over hundred yards each of the last three weeks. So it seems like they've sort of figured that out. It's like, hey, we should probably just keep throwing the ball to Javante. That seems to work every time we do it. Um, and so I, I think that something might have clicked there for him where, they, where that becomes more of the norm and they, they have less of those lapses. But it's been sort of up and down. Like, he'll have some weeks where he has, like, 150, and he might have three yards the next week. And, it, it, you know, it's kind of been up and down for him. But when they do give him the ball and they give him the opportunity, he's making plays. It's just, it doesn't matter who he's going up against. Like, what coverage – if he's doubled, if he's single covered by one of the best players in the league, it doesn't matter. He's, he's so good to where he's just going to get open, and they're going to have those opportunities. And so I wouldn't expect anything different coming into this week. So two nuggets in there to, to throw in. Uh, he ran a 4-5-6 uh, from what I've seen, yeah. which is not nothing special uh, mm-hmm. for a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually leads the NFL, or these receivers and targets right now. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's up to 112. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's one of so the – it's, it's been weird. Like they throw in the ball a lot, but like they still have like, and it, it'll be like key pivotal moments. Like he can go a fourth quarter with like one target. It's like, yo, what are you doing? Like why? Like even if he finishes the game with fifteen targets that game, why did you only throw Devontae Adams the ball one one time in the fourth quarter? You know what I mean? And so situations like like he's too good. Even if he gets doubled, you still have to throw him the ball. You have to find a way. 
because he's just that good where he's still gonna get open. And so, um, like I said, it seems like that's clicked for them, especially since they don't have other options really now without him. Like the second best receiver outside of him now is Matt Collins, who's had a good season, but like you know, it's Matt Collins. And so, like I, I would, I would be surprised really any game moving forward that he doesn't have double digit targets at least. So he, uh, I, I loved the the energy from him after the game, where he's Ooh. you know yells into the camera after the game winner. You know he's not there yet. He's not there yet. Uh, referring to Patrick's Sertain uh, the second, who I thought was there. And hey, he, I, I think he's there, but he was cooking him. Got so I, I can't. I can't. You know. Well, the, I bring that up because it whether he I don't know if he talked to you guys about it after the game or anything. I, I don't know if, when that clip came out, but he seemed to have internalized like, nah, I'm about to show everybody I am him, and this guy guarding me is not. Uh, so a question, at least as it pertains to Tariq, do you, knowing Devontae and how he's made up mentally in that regard, do you think that he will take a similar approach and maybe try to like, all right, I'm going to show these guys. Number, tw- number 27 for the Seahawks is nice, but I- I'm him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, for sure. Because he's he's not really a guy where, like, leading up to the game, he's not going to say a whole bunch. Like, he's not really a guy who talks shit like that. He'll more so, like, during it. Because you can see even his first touchdown catch um, against the Broncos, uh, Sertain was matched up on him. He just, like, he weighed over his shoulder at him. And he did it twice. He's like, <laughs> you know, so he was already kind of on bullshit with him. Like, he was just, just like, so you can tell he came into, that was, like, the second quarter. So and Pastor Tane isn't a shit talker, so he wasn't he wasn't saying anything to Devontae Adams, but he just read the things from the first matchup, saying, "Oh, he held up well against me. All right, bet, cool. I'll just go out here and show you that." <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sure he's seen the things about Tariq. You know, he probably respects him, but like Devontae is a guy that no matter who or who's like you know two guys match up against him, he's like, "I'm getting open because I'm Devontae Adams." Like he just has that level of confidence about himself, and so you know, especially a rookie. Like, yeah. You know, so he's you know, he's, he's thinking he's about to cook this boy. And, you know, I, I think Tariq has been really good this season. Had a lot of picks. You know, I, I think Sauce is a little bit better on a play-by-play basis. But, like, I think Tariq has been pretty good. I mean, like, the guy's six four and runs a four two, So, like, wow, shocker, right? But, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's quite ready for Devontae Adams. And, like, the, Ra- the Raiders, they move him around a little bit. They move him left to right, slot outside, yeah. and so they're going to move. The base on the coverage, they're going to move Durante around to find, try to find matchup advantages. And so I don't, you know, him and Tariq probably won't match up every play, but I'm not picking Tariq um, <laughs> against Devontae Adams because I, I watch this man every day, and he is the best receiver in the league. I don't care what the stats say; that is the best. Like he and the thing, like Devontae, he's so deceptive. That's his thing is deception. It's like you said, he ran a four or five. He's not crazy fast. He's not crazy tall. He's not super big. Um, like he he just he knows how to get open. Like on the on the game winning touchdown, it looks like he's about to run, you know, over route. And like I looking at it, I was like, oh shit, he's running over route for sure. This motherfucker just <laughs> and breaks out and go. Like, God damn, he's just wide open. It's, he he like his change of direction is so crazy. And footwork and route running skill that like 
I think that rookie gonna be in hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh <laughs> man, I, I, I think the Seahawks gonna win still. So, like Devontae gonna have a good one forty against them. I'm pretty sure. The thing is, like the Raiders don't really have anybody else that's like super threatening in the past games. Like he could have one forty, and it's still not that bad of a day for the pass coverage. <laughs> wow, he still had that boy in hell. Wow, <laughs> no, I'm excited. Nah, hey, hey, I'm a route running connoisseur. Like I will sit there and watch dudes run the same route thirty times and try to figure out how they got open. Devontae's one of them dudes, as you mentioned. Best he route runner in the league, probably. Oh, not probably. He is. Like I have no problem with saying that. He is the best route runner in the NFL. The that things that he does, I've watched him in Green Bay. Like I'll never forget against the Rams. It wasn't a crazy route, but he's running. You know, Aaron Rodgers brings him in motion. And he's jogging. Brings him back out, brings him again. He does a whip route. What do you do to that? You you can't stop that. Like the dude is precise on everything, and he makes everything look the same. That's another thing. You probably in that game, he probably ran a crosser earlier. And Tashawn yeah, went oh, first, first quarter. There first quarter, it is. He was, he was actually wide open. They it didn't connect on it. It wasn't completion. Yeah. He ran that crosser. Was wide open. Bing. And so so like, he even though it wasn't a completion, Sertain was like, "Oh shit, he was wide open on that. Exactly. I need to be ready for that." So that's yep. why he bit so hard inside. And he's like, outside. Wow. There it is. Like it's repetition. He... I so I like I like you know good luck <laughs> like Godspeed like that's not stopping him. That's that's yeah. not happening. But the thing is like with the rest of their supporting cast, like you can have him go crazy and still have a fairly decent day defensively, where, where the Raiders just aren't roasting you out there. Chris, I don't even know if we need to do the over-under now. He <laughs> said 140. I, I was being nice, putting it at like a modest eye. 85 and a half. Oh, he's going fast. That shit. He's, he's, I'm sorry. Like, I don't – Kobe, Kobe Bryant, if you want to get in this – if you want something too, you can come over here in the slot. You know, I, I know I know he's a slot corner, you know. I, mean, I don't know who the other outside guy is. Like, you said you, Mike Jackson. All them getting cooked. Like, like Devontae Adams is flying past 85.5. Like, if they throw him the ball, if he don't get hurt, and they throw him the ball, like, he's, he's, nah, crazy as hell. That's, that's over. Over. I can't wait. I can't wait. This will definitely be their toughest challenge. They, uh, Absolutely. They, the way they talked about him, even Claire Hurt, the defensive coordinator, and Pete Carroll, this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier today, they talked about Devontae and made it very clear. He is the best receiver that they have faced uh, this year and probably the best they are going to face uh, this year. They, they don't play Cup. <clears throat> Excuse me now because Cup is hurt. But like, yeah, I don't care yeah. about Cup. Like, if they play, play Cup. You see Devontae <laughs> Adams? And, uh, <laughs> like, unless you play Ty- Tyreek Hill, that's probably the only person in the league that has any sort of stake. He said, "Cup, have you seen Devonte?" <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you, man. Almost, almost like uh, King Deceptive Speed, man. Cup is cup is cold. Cup is cold. He yeah, is, he's, he is. He, he is. He's number he is. two. He's number I, two. However, Devonte, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think that the top three route runners are still Keenan Allen, De- Devonte Adams, and Stephon Diggs in any order. I think it got to start crazy though. Stephon Diggs is ridiculous. And he's quick as hell. That's another thing. Yeah, he's, his feet are it's, very. It's just so disgusting. And he has people like, you said Devontae Adams had about 15 yard separation. Yeah, Stefan does that within the first five steps. <laughs> it's like, damn, yeah. where's the DB? But I want to stick with the offense because I read your piece. What was it last week? You focused on the ten areas that need to be addressed so that can that they can progress during the season and get better. And one of them was on the offensive line. You mentioned that 
they can pass protect, but or excuse me, I'm saying this all wrong. You mentioned that they can pass protect, but the run game has been eh. so with that scenario, the Seahawks it's opposite, it's opposite, it's opposite. It's opposite. So I did screw it up. So yeah, they can say it for me, Deshaun. You wrote it. Run block, but they cannot pass protect. Thank you. Got it right. So with that scenario coming in. The Seahawks, man, they didn't touch Tom Brady two weeks ago. My man walked out of there with the same outfit, no stains on the from the grass. He was he was fine. Didn't get hit. <laughs> so in that scenario, do you think that okay, this O line can improve this week, or do you see it being like, yeah, man, the Seahawks are gonna have their way. They're gonna be able to get to Derek Carr. You already mentioned that you know they're they're not the best at it. So how do you see this playing out this week? Yeah, I mean. The Raiders, what they did against the Broncos, because the Broncos pass rush, when they were dropping back, they was getting on their ass for sure, <laughs> especially if they blitz. Um, they don't even – they didn't have Chubb out there. Like, you know, they don't have, like, a super high-level tier of pass rushers over there. I don't know how the Seahawks pass rush has been necessarily this year. But um, the Raiders, I think they're going to try to counter that with their run game, which is what they should do. And they <laughs> haven't done that often. It's because Josh Jacobs has been a fucking amazing this year. Like, he's been – I think he's top three in rushing yards right now. He's up there, and I think he's averaging damn near like five yards a carry yeah. or something crazy. Um, and he's he's a guy that like he'll slow walk your ass. Like he's not necessarily like breaking the sixty yard runs, but he'll get ten, he'll get seven, he'll get twelve, he'll get fifteen, he'll get eight. Like he'll just he's kind of get those first downs and first downs and kind of like wear you out. And I think that's what they're gonna do is kind of have that run first run first approach and then kind of complement that with their pass their play action pass game to kind of create some of those explosive plays instead of just straight dropping back because that's when they get in trouble because their offensive line, while it's been better than expected this year and really good in the run game, they still can't pass protect that well. Uh, Colton Miller missed last game um, with a shoulder and an abdominal injury. I'm not sure if he'll be back this week. He might be. They haven't practiced yet, but um, he's their best offensive lineman, best pass protection offensive lineman. So if he's able to come back, their pass protection probably be a little bit better. But um, overall, this year they just haven't been that, that good in that area in true drop back situations. And so I would expect them to run first, a lot of play action. They're going to have to drop back at some point, obviously, but I don't think they're just going to be doing that a whole bunch from the jump. And Because that's a weakness for them. Like, like we knew that was a weak. I've known that was, it was a weakness since January. Like, that was <laughs> apparent. And he just decided not to do anything about it. And so it's still a weakness. And so it's, it's going to continue to be a weakness. Like, they're, they're not suddenly going to be good at pass protecting. And so they have to find other ways to work around that. And that's running the ball. That's doing play action. Um, that's avoiding getting an obvious pass in situations where that's falling behind by double digits or third and longs or what have you that, that kind of put them in disadvantaged situations. And so uh, that's what's going to have to do because that's, 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 that's going to be, be a weakness for them. It's not, it's not getting better this season. No, I hear that. You mentioned the Seahawks passwords. It's, it's hit and miss. Last two weeks ago against the Bucks. it was a miss. Everybody was expecting them to get after Tom Brady. They didn't blitz him once in the first half which was kind of weird. They just sent four man and they were able to run the ball effectively, which was another thing because the Bucks were one of the worst run teams in the NFL. And the Seahawks were like, yeah, we thought they were going to probably pass the ball. And the Seahawks were not ready for them to run the football. And that's exactly what they did, which opened up Tom Brady being able to throw the ball and play action passing. So to your point, there could be an issue where if they don't obviously have a thousand penalties, because as we talked about earlier, this team is really bad at shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, but if they can effectively move the ball, run the ball, and Jacobs is getting seven yards, five yards, ten yards, 
it could be a long day for that Seahawks defense. And then you sprinkle in Devontae Adams and what he's able to do. That's just a, a huge problem that the Seahawks don't want to deal with. I imagine they try to blitz Carr early, and that maybe changes things on how the Raiders want to run the football because now they're blitzing guys and they're filling those run gaps. But I guess that'll be interesting to see how this O-line stacks up against the Seahawks defense and where they where the Seahawks defense want to attack attack the Raiders just because two weeks ago, man, they really thought, oh, yeah, we can, we can send four, and that really wasn't successful at all. It, it for me it depends on what the Seahawks how they approach it because like if they sit because a lot most teams I guess the Raiders like I said they've I think they they've had the second highest zone coverage rate behind the Dolphins because <laughs> Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle Jalen Waddle <laughs> duh right and so uh, they're playing a lot of zone a lot of two high zones and so it's like if you sit back in those two high zones I'm giving the ball to Josh Jacobs if you come down and try to bring an extra guy in the box single high well now you have to try cover Devontae Adams one-on-one good luck everybody in the Seahawks secondary like that's not <laughs> happening and so it's like you kind of have to pick your poison a little bit even though they don't have their full supporting cast in terms of the offense which still is still crazy you mentioned yeah. that they don't have D Waller or Hunter Winfrey yeah. and this man's still out here cooking yeah and they won't they're out for at least another two games but like you have to choose one because like Josh Higgins has been like a top three running back this year Devontae Adams has been like a top one receiver this year. It's like, who am I guarding between those two guys? You have to shoot. You can't do both at once, typically. Um, and, and so, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the, how the Seahawks, what they d- decide is a higher priority there. Most teams have been Devontae Adams, and then the Raiders are able to run for whatever. Um, and so at that point, it more so becomes on if the, if the Seahawks do sit in those softer coverages too high, is, does Josh McDaniels have that discipline to be like, all right, get the ball, Josh, get the ball, Josh, get the ball? Because this season he's done a lot of times because they're 31st in rushing attempts, which is don't do that. And so maybe the, maybe the Seahawks sit back at two high and Josh is just like, eh, keep throwing it, whatever, fuck it. Like, you know, maybe, maybe that <laughs> happens. But like, you know, it, it seems like last week it was intentional for him to like, no, we're going to run into these looks. We're going to run into these looks over and over and over until you get out of it. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of that chess match plays out. I looked something up while you were t- – oh, it was Josh Jacobs where he – he's in the third in rushing yards uh, in the league. I was going to filter it for running backs, and he's still third. The reason I was going to filter it, I was like, how the hell is Justin Fields fifth? <laughs> I was like, wait. Yo, yo, protect Justin Fields, man. Shout-outs to that black man. He's in, he's in danger. Hey, they got – I know he's only in the second year. You got to get that man out of Chicago, man. Or, or <laughs> give, him, give him some help because, God damn, they're trying to kill that boy. Justin Fields has uh, 834 rushing yards. That was <clears throat> That is insane. Yeah, he's fifth. He's uh, it's uh, it, it goes Derrick Henry, Saquon, J- Josh, Chubb, and then Fields. That is, whew, wow. I did not. Sorry, that's just a little sidetracked. Uh, also on the Seahawks pass rush, uh, the Seahawks. So their defense sucks for five weeks. Pretty bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was legitimately awful. Uh, since week six, they made some some notable scheme changes. And it's been competent, uh, world's better, in fact. So looking at their defense, the, the week six and on splits are probably most instructive. So their pass rush since then is sixth in sacks with 19. Uh, however, they don't get a ton of pressure uh, in that span. They're only 20th in pressure rate. Uh, that's tied with New Orleans at 31%. And they have one of the lowest blitz rates uh, in the league. They're Second lowest in the league in that in that span, ten point one percent. The Seahawks don't blitz. Uh, yeah, that's because like the Raiders, their thing, their offensive line, they give up more pressure than they have given up sacks. Uh. Is more so their thing. Um, 
And Derek Carr traditionally, like, if you give him time, like, you know, he's like I said, he's good. So especially throwing to Devontae Adams. So um, you know, they they may not have to blitz going against this offensive line. They they probably do think they can get pressure with four. And like that's a pretty reasonable assumption given how this Raiders offensive line is played. And so I I would expect the the Seahawks to come out with more of a conservative approach and sort of force the Raiders to run the ball. Um, especially considering how bad the Raiders defense is. Because it's like if you feel like you can score every time, which you know, like there's a good reason to feel that way against this Raiders defense. It's like if they have to run the ball, you know, six times a drive to score on us, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we can live, we can live with that. And so, like, I, I would think that's more so what they do instead of giving Devontae a bunch of single coverage with one safety and letting him cook them for the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> Chris, what you got on the secondary since Tashawn has reminded us you again? Did- yeah, you did say the secondary's not too hot over there, so I'm guessing. Actually, I have that all wrong. I'm guessing that the wide receivers for the Seahawks will be cooking. DK Metcalf will have a good game. Oh, yes. Yes. oh you said that with conviction. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Um, well, I will, I will say the Raiders. Um, they do have a couple good cornerbacks. Um, Rocky Sin, who they traded for from the Colts this offseason, he's actually been pretty good. I think he's like top ten in yards per target. According to Pro Football Reference, I could be wrong, but I think he's still top ten or top fifteen somewhere in there. Um, and they're also getting Nate Hobbs, who has been their best cornerback probably the last two seasons. Uh, he plays in Nickelback, but he can also play outside. He's been on IR for over a month now, but he's, according to the person familiar with the situation, he's supposed to come back this week. Um, and he's probably the best player in the secondary. And, and so Nate Hobbs and, and Rocky Sin, they, you know, they're able to hold their own against most people in the league, but. Um, you know, they like their other corner outside cornerback spot has been kind of in flux. Like Sam Webb, who was an undrafted rookie this year, he's been playing a good amount for them, but he wasn't too good last last week. They brought in Sidney Jones, your man's from the Seahawks, but like <laughs> he played against the Colts, didn't he? Was inactive last week. Um, oh, this could be a revenge game yeah, for him then, maybe, maybe. Uh, Anthony Averett from the Ravens last year, like he's been in and out for them. And their safeties, like Deron Harmon, he's been cool. He's like an older veteran guy who like makes plays, but on a play-by-play basis, he's like, eh, you know, kind of all right. And then Trayvon Merrick, who's really surprised me because his rookie year, he was like a standout. Like he was playing in that, that Gus Bradley, as y'all, you know, very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Cover three, he was a center fielder, single high safety. And he was balling out last year. This year, he's been really struggling. Like he's, I think he's like top 10 in yards allowed um, huh. of anybody cool. in the league. Um, and so it's really just Rockison and Nate Hobbs at the secondary who've played well this season. And both of those guys are not guys that are necessarily gonna gonna lock up DK or, or Tyler. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um and the Raiders, they usually like they're not they usually don't run a, a travel travel with you kind of defense. Like it's more so like I'm lined up here. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. And so like even though they have a couple corners that stand out, they're not necessarily gonna be on those guys, you know, for the whole afternoon. And so I could see them having a big day, especially, you know, even, you know, in in conjunction with the secondary being so-so, the pass rush has been, like, the worst in the league. <laughs> like, almost the worst in the league. And they have Max Crosby and they have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. But Chandler Jones has half a sack. What happened with Chandler Jones? What, what I, he- I, I don't know. Like, because, like, I know last season he had, like, five sacks in the first week. And, like, the rest of the, the, rest of the year he had, like, five sacks. And so, you know, maybe, you know, he started to slow down. But it's like, yo, he still had 10, 10 and a half sacks or some shit like that. 
and a bunch of pressures. This year, he ain't doing shit. And this is crazy. It's like it's like, yo, this is Chandler Jones. Like he's one of the best crash rushers of all time. I'm guessing you guys have like, asked him about it. What has he said? What is it? I mean, it's you know, you know how that's gonna go. Like, no, but like, it's, it's just like, you know, like he's still affecting the quarterback, got it. But he's not really, he's not getting pressures, he's not getting quarterback hits, he's not batting down a bunch of pads at the line of scrimmage, like he's not getting double because Max Crosby is playing at all pro level. Like Max Crosby to me. In my mind, like Max Crosby's like a top ten defensive player in the league right now. Mm. That's debatable. I think he's top ten. He's been he's that that he he's been sensational. But Chandler, man, that's the thing because like teams starting to chip Max Crosby, double team him, and Chandler still isn't getting off. Damn. So at that point, you're like, maybe he's hurt. Shoot. No. no. <laughs> he's not. He's not, not even report at all. He's not he's telling not. you guys. That's what it is. No, no, he's just not. He's he's. Just, I, and like they they have no interior pass rush, which for last year was a strength for them because they had Quentin Jefferson, shout out Seahawks, yeah, um, and Solomon Thomas. He was also playing well for them last year. But like it's pretty much just Max Crosby for them in, in terms of pass rush. Wow, like that's it. And so when you have no pass rush, and your Baby's secondary isn't, and your secondary ain't that good. You know, do the math. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we're fucking cooked in terms of defending the pass. Like, like we're about to get shredded out here, especially when you're going against King Jean. You know yes, sir. And DKF, DK uh, Metcalf, and entire locket. Like, so you so, telling me? You telling me Jean's gonna throw for three fifty? Possibly, probably. Damn. So. I mean, like, you know, I mean, they, you know, even last week, even though they had a good game against the Broncos last week, like that was still Russell Wilson's best game of the season. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like that okay. was by far his best game of the season. All right, King Jean, so, like, give me some highlights, man. He ain't, he ain't got DK out there no more. He ain't got Tyler anymore, <laughs> and they was still getting open over there in, in Denver. So like, you know, I'm seeing I mean, the vision of how Mike yeah. can see a blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you see what I'm saying? I ain't even have to make no argument. The Raiders, the Raiders pass defense. Like they're getting Nahas back this week from IR, so he'll help, but. I don't think it's going to be good for them. Okay, fair enough. This, yeah, Tashonda made the case. I don't really <laughs> think it. Every, every Raiders defensive stat is bad. <laughs> all bad. The only one that's good is they stopped Max the Crabby. Yeah. They stopped the run. They stopped the okay. run. Okay. I was I think they're like top 10 in every run, run stopping metric that there is. Like they're really good at stopping the run, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Let Gino cook. <laughs> the, yeah. When he said that they were bad on third down, what was it? it? They're bad on red zone offense and red zone defense and third down offense and, and third, third down, down defense. I would fire somebody. Somebody has to. That's way too much situational football when it goes back to coaching. All of that is stuff. Teams spend entire days of practice on just those two things, red zone and third down. Like that's that's yeah. legitimately be like an hour of practice. I'm like and, they practice. and, and, and they don't first and they don't force turnovers on defense. I think they have the least turnovers. Takeaways in the league. Yeah, I don't know how you want to run that back, man. What's he doing up there? (laughs) Oh yeah, well, it's it's a lot of reasons why. I mean, hey, listen, listen, Josh, Josh, I'll tell you right now, Josh Manez is not going anywhere. (laughs) Insane. He is not going anywhere. He is locked in. So, you know, Raiders fans that maybe listen to this, get ready. You know, whether whether it turns around or not, like he's going to be here next year for sure, hundred percent, no doubt about it. You know what? God, God bless the Raiders, man. I'm still, I'm still locked into the Raiders every every week. Uh, but they are just a unserious team. Defense, offensively, there's some, there's some good numbers there, but defensively, 
it's just I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted at some of the numbers <laughs> I see that they that they've allowed or that they've given up. It's nah, it's it's pretty bad. I do like Rocky Sin though. I, I wanted to see He's Ox good. draft. Yeah, when, uh, 2019 draft, I think. Uh, it's like a guy named Rock. I just I like I liked it. I did, but yeah, I don't I don't see this game being very close. Uh, and oh, that's the other thing I want to look up while you were talking. Uh, their priority would be to stop Josh uh, of, of the two. That will be how the Seahawks yes, approach it. Stop the run, and then once they get to those obvious passing situations, just go kill Derek before he even gets a chance to throw it to Devontae. Okay. Right, so Devontae, Devontae is for sure touching 140 then. All right. This will be a fun game to watch, man. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I, even though the, the thing of the thing about the NFL is if you get teams that are bad, every dog has his day. Like that, you know, that's it. even the, the worst of the worst mm-hmm. Jets teams or Jaguars or whoever, they ain't go 0 and 16. Why? Because it just takes one. One yeah, team. Hell. And the thing about the Raiders is like, every, like pretty much the only game they got their ass kicked was the Saints game. They got shut out. But every <laughs> other loss, game. every other loss they have, they had a chance at their game to win that shit. So it's like, are they really? That, they're not really that bad. I think that they have the fourth overall pick right now, but they're like 18th in point margin or 19th. That's like an average team. Like they're cool, and you can get beat by an average team pretty much any day in the NFL. So like, any are the Colts average, Deshaun? About about so now, shit. I guess. I mean, shit. Then then they beat the Eagles, didn't they? I yeah, mean, they was they was there. The, yeah, I mean, they, they, about, they about average. I mean, if they actually started a comp, a quarterback that deserves to play in the National Football League now, so like, <laughs> you know that, that that helps their chances. Like facts. That fucking run. That that shows. Jim Irsay needs to be investigated, but that's another conversation. <laughs> For, to Sean's point, the Raiders Red, the are nineteenth in point differential. They have they're only two points worse than the Falcons, uh, who are you know in playoff contention, uh, quote unquote, and then only eight points worse than the Commanders, who are above five hundred. So they're, they're the Raiders are not a bad team. Like I, I know that the, you are what your record are. But I, I watch them every week. This is not like I don't look at them like, oh, they suck. Like they're bad. Like they just find a way to lose. But like they're like <laughs> an average, but they're like an average, they're like an average football team. Like, like in terms of talent, like they can they can beat you for sure. Like they can they can yeah. de- like if you don't know your shit, they'll beat you. Uh, it's not like they're like incompetent, like the Texans. They're not the Texans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not that. You know what I mean? So like they're three and seven, but it's like eh, don't don't come in here thinking that it's you know shit is sweet all the way. Yeah, yeah. But they'll still beat you. So, oh, this is gonna be see. fun, man. I just really wish yeah. Hunter Renfro and Mr. Waller were playing. This this game would be even more exciting to watch. But unfortunately, it looks yeah, like Devon they, they, play, they played sixty two snaps together this season. Devontae, that is Devontae, that, that, Waller, Renfro. So that's offensively, I I really, I mean, when that happens, it's like, hey, that's this, you know what we thought was out here and out here. Defensively, they that that shit is terrible. Oh my god! But like, <laughs> offensively, like the fact that they're even like still middle of the pack is like, oh for shit. Well, where are they at in EPA per play offensively? Before we get out of here, wow, maybe. Uh, no, they're. Let me make sure I don't got any filters on this. Right now, True Media has them at seventh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's solid. That's really. I mean, good. that's it's higher that's, than the Seahawks. You know, <laughs> considering because I think Waller has played like. Three full games. Damn. Four, maybe. Oh my goodness. Maybe four, I think four full games, and Renfro has played like the same four or five. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I do, I do feel bad for for Derek Carr in that regard, man. He thought he was signing up 
for yeah just the, yeah, he thought this he thought the pain and suffering was over for sure yeah <laughs> he made the, he made the playoffs think about it you made your, you made the playoffs last year with like a whole bunch of bullshit like their number one receiver last year when they made the playoffs was Zay Jones and then you get your best your man's your homie and he also just happens to be the best receiver alive Devontae Adams you're like oh shit we about, these go, we about to go crazy and you three and seven <laughs> oh what like where did this come from like you crazy as hell so yeah I mean he's still I mean, yeah grand scheme he's still set to make 40 million dollars some crazy shit over the next three years so like you know life is good for for, for my man's Derek Carr but in terms of football results I, I understand yeah no I feel I, I feel bad for the man that's that's tough I wouldn't have cried on TV but I, I just can't do it on TV, man. It's just not yeah. not in the memes, not in the meme era of the world. Like I'm just one of my biggest fears is still going to a like a Wazoo game or any big sporting event, probably a Wazoo game, and sitting close enough when we lose that I get on camera as one of those college mm-hmm. football fans, and like that would that would ruin me. Like so, I can only imagine crying on television because boy, that was bad. I was. Let them know you're human, this. Mike. That's all. Uh, I mean, I can cry, but it's just people just no, don't yeah, it's, it's, think, especially black Twitter. We just don't take nothing serious. No, <laughs> like, no. Everything is funny. It's like, nah, man, like my pain is not funny. To, you know, I'm, anyway, uh, to Sean, that's all we have for you. We appreciate you um, coming on and, and, and entertaining us. I feel like you know, for <laughs> for this episode, uh, I appreciate I, I like the aesthetic you're giving our, our viewers on YouTube. Uh, this is mm-hmm. the first time we've ever had two brothers with dangly earrings on the uh, show. Hey, man, you know, we're we, we here. You know what I'm saying? We got the danglies. And we got some black some black hair in the background, you know. We got, got, the, got the pick, got the do-rag. I got a do-rag on. It's very black in here. Yeah, no, yeah, this is also the first time we've had someone on the show wearing a do-rag, and it's not me or Chris. I'm going to say, do-rag, do-gar, I assume we, we've had... We've had several several inter- several podcast episodes which you would have do rag on, but I, I didn't know about the guests. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. We're very appreciative of the aesthetic, very appreciative of the energy. I love it. I love the insights. Uh, I love the confidence in the Devontae matchup. I'm really intrigued by it. Um, so if Devontae goes crazy, uh, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. I you don't have to eat a Seattle dog. There you go. No. I mean, I'm not doing it anyway. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I am a man of conviction. In some areas of my life, and and that will not occur. I'm gonna eat this good ass food. That that's about done. Timer just went off. That's crazy. Timer just went off. Before before we get you out of here, um, do you is anything you want to plug? Any stories coming up, or anything that you've already written? Plug the podcast. If people follow you on Twitter, this is your time to plug stuff. Um. Well, I mean, we have a, a new episode of our podcast, Raiders Podcast, State of the Nation, It'll be coming out tomorrow afternoon. Um, we're actually going to do a live room tomorrow afternoon before everybody gets settled in with their families on on Thursday and all that good shit. Uh, I have a story coming out tomorrow morning talking about uh, what the Raiders could potentially sustain from their wins went over the Broncos moving forward, not just for this season, but moving forward in the future. As I said, Josh McDaniels is going to be here, so this is much about the. The, the future as a present for the Raiders right now. And so outside of that, follow me on Twitter to Sean Reed. Hop on the athletic. I'm sure y'all already there if y'all listen to this podcast, but t- hop on over to the Raiders side of things and see some stories this week. But outside of that, that's about it. All right. There we go, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to Seahawks Man to Man podcast. That is our guest, the homie, the goat, goat the Reed. 
<laughs> Sean Reed, uh, my guy. Uh, can't wait to see you when you get in town, man. Uh, hit me as soon as you as soon as you land. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Chris, got anything else? Nah, we appreciate you guys tapping in. We will be back after the game, obviously. And we'll see if Deshaun was right about the 140 and a couple TDs. Yeah, I can't man. wait. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll catch you guys after the game. Peace. All right, y'all. You see, I don't have to drive me. You can say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. Me try the marijuana. I was never you good. The vibe was straight. Shows you a couple of things and they finish trying. I told you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag and a color on your lip. Yeah, you Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.